Good afternoon and good evening. Welcome to Ongakidi, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of December 18th, 2020. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Luna. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. Woohoo! Whoa. And Gray. What's happening, dudes? How are we? What what have we been listening to as of late? Let's start with you, Gray. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm doing pretty good hanging in there. I have been listening to mostly Dice, and I've been listening to a little bit of next week's MC, but we'll get on to that next week. Other than that, nothing too crazy. I've had an ear lately for the current opening for uh, Kira Major, so and they have all of the, the a lot of the openings up on Apple Music now, so... I've kind of had that on repeat. It's really good. Also, the ending theme of Ryu Soldier is really adorable. If you've never heard that song, I recommend it. It's got the cutest dance to it. I showed my fiance that, and she just smiled the whole time. It was It's really adorable dance. So, other than that, nothing too crazy. Uh, nothing I can really think of. As soon what as is- you said I was listening to Dice, I'm like, color me, color me surprised here. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I, I I try to be predictable, you know. You're you're working that way. Like I said, <laughs> like I said off air a couple weeks ago, I already knew your top five without even looking at your list, or I at yeah. least knew the artist was going to be a part of it. Yeah, beforehand. you probably didn't know like the specific songs, but yeah, you could probably just list them off. Like, okay, yep, there, yep, there, yep, there, yep, yep. I was five for five. <laughs> I do what I can. I do what I can. See, I'm old, reliable, and, that, and that's why I, uh, you know, and I, I need to you break can rely that, on me. I need to break that chain <laughs> off of you. <laughs> I, I'm good. To... I'm, I'm good. I, I get angry when people try to break me. Just, just keep me happy. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Luna? How have you been, and what you've been listening to? I've been getting by. That's all I'll say. So it's been a mixture of holiday music and non-holiday music despite me despising much holiday music there is some great japanese tracks such as ones by boa winter love is always on my list her new one believe is great and shine me in the sky high one which we'll talk about later that's been on repeat and also a vocalist named Fuki has some really good Christmas songs. A Korean duo called As One. Their Christmas album is amazing. So good. And Bonnie Pink again. And then my non-holiday music. I was back on Arashi again. Because Blue, Love So Sweet, and we can make it have been on repeat and i'm sure everyone is tired of hearing those tracks by me i listened to blue like five times in a row and my husband looked at me and was like again what's wrong with you you should play in blue by lucky tapes (laughs) and see how he'll like that instead he might like that a little better because it has some good jazz in it And I finally got around to opening Boa's newest album, Better, and I opened, I opened both editions to see the photo cards, but finally listened to it. Her Korean album, right? Yes, I'll be specific. She has a new Korean album, and since she does both, I wanted to bring it up. It is fantastic, and I'm hoping next year we'll see a Japanese album from her, because I feel like usually she'll do a Korean album, then a Japanese album. 
And I, I, I don't know. That's that's the thing for her though. But like because of her last album didn't really sell too well. I don't know if it's considered a market for her anymore. Well, then again, she was in Japan as of late, from what I've been seeing in her Insta. But who knows? It's it's kind of interesting on her end because she's she's the old guard. She's the first generation old guard of that K-pop sensation. She really is, and I would like to see her go back over. You know, do something else. I know she just released Believe, and I'm very curious to see how that sold. However, I know what Believe she's she always esteems for the Tales games, and that's what Believe was for. And <laughs> that's. For- that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, because she also did White Wishes, Mam- Mamoru White Wishes, which is for the Tales games. Her and Ayumi do do some of those. So, and she did a she did a you know. So I feel like she's had some singles, but I want an album from her because her Korean album was actually good. I I like better a lot, and I I would like to see her just make a comeback in Japan like she's doing in Korea. But I feel like it's so sporadic. You don't know when she's gonna do it. It'll just pop up out of nowhere. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's also another thing for her. She just does it whenever the whenever she wants, and it kind of just like, oh well, I mean, there's there it is, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like her Christmas concerts. I will say that that's the reason I went back to her is because she does fantastic Xmas concerts, and I have every single one, and that kind of has helped me get in a better mood for the holidays as well and i finally got to listen to kodakumi's new mini albums that dropped in december 2nd angel and monster and the ballad her ballads are freaking amazing on angel i mean i i love both and i think she had some great tunes on there i still want that fan club edition really really bad but i'm happy at what i have but i i if you haven't listened to it check it out each for only six tracks i think they're both great and I bet it's just been a rando week for me, to be honest, because I went back to Edu and Mflow and even some Kenshi. So it's been just weird. What about you, Ken? What have you been listening to? So, uh, since you brought that holiday stuff up, I was listening to Mariah Carey's holiday holiday thing for for apple tv there because i i have it now so i'm like yeah might as well take a look at it and when they got to all i want for christmas is you i could only think of the spider-man one i know exactly what you're talking about because it cracks me up although i do love mariah carey's all i want for for christmas is you because i love mariah Uh, carey and and i slap to every single beat of that (laughs) i memorize that way too often but besides mariah carey there I've been listening to <laughs> Plastic Love by Maria Takeuchi because that finally became digital on all streaming platforms. I'm quite surprised that she released it after years. <laughs> it's on of her Expression the Moon version album if you guys are interested. Yeah, something like Plastic Love is a is a classic, classic song. And like even even the person that we play with for 14, Gray knows the song and he tries to learn this song in Japanese even though he does speak a lick of it. But nice. No, it's it's just this song is pretty famous, especially on Forge On and stuff like that. But yeah I, I can mean, see it. Yeah. So you have that. I've been listening to 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 
Red Phoenix by Exile, so that that's actually a really solid song. So I can't wait for the the physical release for the Rising to the War Rising Sun to the World. So that's a part of that. I was listening to Loading again by Generations. Was, we have that. I've been listening to Paradise featuring Mabanua from Daichi Yamamoto, and he's an artist that I'm actually really really liking, and talked about him in the past, but. Uh, besides that, nothing too much out of the ordinary. We got that. We got Rondo. We got stuff from Bang Dream because they had their concert for Rosalia against uh, against Reza Sulin. So we have that there. But with that, let's continue on to the articles here. And Luna, you have the first article. So first, first of all, I'm. Before I get into the article, it is regarding Bandmade, and I want to issue an apology on this one because I made a mistranslation or miss... I, when I was translating it, I misunderstood some of the context, and I did put some incorrect information in there. I did want to apologize for the person who to the person who caught that, and I thank you for bringing the star attention because it helps me pay more attention when I do translate and try to make sure I understand everything and I just don't misinterpret. And to pay more attention to detail too. So we're going to go into this as Bandmade release their newest music video for their upcoming single called Different. So Different is, uh, was released on December 2nd. And it is will not be included on their upcoming album due to them switching. It, it's under different labels. I guess that's the best way to put it. So their new album will be under a different record label, and that is Unseen World. And Different is the last song on their current label. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I think they're they're signing on to Pony Canyon. Yeah, yeah. They're signing on with Pony Canyon, and that that's going to be their new label. Different is their last one with Nippon Crown, so. Yes. So, and I just wanted to apologize. That was my mishap is I read that, inc- I, I read that incorrectly, and I was going too fast. So thank you for catching that. And you can check out the music video on our site. The one thing I thought was kind of neat about Different is it was written by Miku Kobato, the vocalist and guitarist of Bandmade. And the whole band actually contributed to the music and arrangement to this. I highly recommend checking it out. It is also the opening to the sci-fi anime Log Horizon. And to specify, it's the newest season of Log Horizon, season three. And continuing on up to hype up the release of his major label debut album, vocalist Soshi Sakiyama released the track for his song Heaven across all digital music streaming platforms, set as the lead track for his album Find Fuse in Youth, which will release on January 27th of next year. This is part two of his three-month quote-unquote redefinition series in which has a band arrangement of his own songs. As previously reported, his song Samidare and the upcoming song Heaven will release on his YouTube channel and will have an overarching story and will star two two actors and actresses that will kind of go throughout the entire arc of this story. It's pretty interesting that they're doing this. I don't remember another group doing kind of like this. What was it? Uh, Pan of the Disco? 
where they have an overarching narrative with their music videos. It's kind of yes. similar similar in that way. I know Hoobastank used to do that as well. Hoobastank used to do that as well, and same for Gorillaz, not, not Gorillaz, Daft Punk. Daft Punk used to do that as well. Yeah, you can check out the music video in question for Heaven on our site, including the streaming link for the song and the pre-order links for Find, Fuse, and Youth on our site as well. Moving on up to our next article, we're going to be talking about artist and singer Imer. She's announced she's going to be dropping her sixth album titled Walpurgis, uh, which is set to be released on April 14th of next year. New album will come two years after Imer's last album, uh, Sun Dance and Penny Rain, which was released on April, April 10th of 2019. Upcoming album will contain songs such as Standalone, Haru Hayuku, Torches, and Spark Again. Uh, it's going to be released in four editions total, all of which can be found on the site along with the pre-order links. She's also dropped a teaser for her sixth album, so that's definitely worth, worth checking out. And the full track listing hasn't been revealed, but we do have a tentative track listing for Walpurgis on the site as well if you're interested in that. So definitely check that out on the site. All right, next up is popular vocalist Mayan has released three mini albums on the 11th of November, and this is to celebrate her 15th anniversary in the industry. And it is going with more of like a color scheme. So it's 15 colors, soul tracks, 15 colors unplugged, and 15 colors new school. And they were dropped on all digital platforms, actually, and they are not physical releases. They and the cool thing is, is you, even if you are not in Japan, you can check out all of these, which is amazing. So it pretty much is right around when she started. She started out under May Nakabayashi before taking her stage name. And each mini album contains five song e- five songs each, which totals up to 15 to match her 15th anniversary. So those of you who don't know, she is most well known for her theme songs to many famous anime such as Macross Frontier, Macross Delta, Shangri-La, Ancient Matches Bride, Azure Lane, Bloodlad, Batum. And those are just a few and many of them I've seen. And I remember when she started out before her stage name. So that shows how how long I've been listening to her. So the other thing that she announced is she will be holding a concept live tour called Mayan Concept Live 2020 15 Colors on the 26th of December to commemorate this anniversary as well. The set list of the live has been reported on those as it will pretty much be through her mini albums, but it has not been fully released Tickets are currently on sale. You can check out where to get those on our site. And there are actually, and a little bit more information about that. You can also check out the cover art, full track listing for each, and the three music videos she dropped, and one goes to each mini album on there as well. And speaking of anniversaries, to celebrate the release of her single, Starlight Museum, vocalist Inori Minase released a music video for the track on her YouTube channel. Released both on Minase's 25th anniversary and her 5th debut in the music industry, as previously reported, this is her, like, coming to of what she's going to take with her in, with the music industry because she co-wrote this, which is very surprising because she didn't do that beforehand, if memory comes to mind here. She co-wrote it with 
Hikaru Sakuzawa and Sakurazawa handling the composition. And she promises to express all her feelings for the fans that, you know, supported her over the last five years with her music venture. The music video was shot in the theme of an on and off type of thing, and it's highlighted by lights surrounding Minase. And it's very interesting how they kind of tackled this. But you can check out more information about this on our site, including the music video for Starlight Museum on our site as well. And continuing on up, all members of Junior Exile, Generation, The Rampage, Fantastic M, Ballistic Boys from Exile Tribe come together to release the music video for their track, Way to the Glory, on Avex's YouTube channel. This release was it was also released across all digital music streaming platforms and is a part of Exile Tribe's upcoming single, Rising Sun to the World, which will release on January 1st of next year. This is the original, the first original song produced by the four teams of the different colors under the theme of Energize Japan and Energize the World with Exile. And the concept of the music video is Road, as the group wants to experience their own road into the music industry so you can check out all the lovely information for this track on our site including the music video in question on our site as well moving on up to our next article we're going to be talking about rock band alexandros as they've announced they're going to be dropping a brand new compilation album titled Where's My History, which is set to be released on January 20th of next year. Uh, the new album will actually be the first, the group's very first greatest hits album. And the band formed all the way back in 2007, so they've been around for 13 years. This thing's going to be massive. And it's going to have songs over the entire course of the band's career and uh, the 21 singles that they put out. And they also have a couple of new songs that are also going to be on the album. So Where's My History is going to be released in three editions total. And we have all the details on each edition on the site, along with a brief teaser and a brief tentative track listing for anyone. It's very tentative, like they haven't fully fleshed it out yet. But if you want to get an idea of what to expect, you can definitely check that out as well. And continuing on up to celebrate the release of the latest remix trap, Gorillaz Toame, the duo Gorillaz Attack dropped the song's lyric video on their YouTube channel. The track was originally a part of the group's album Gorilla City back in September, and the CD contained a version sung by the duo Higashiroland and Nishiroland. But this latest release is remixed and has Higashiroland taking the solo stage this time around. He actually commented on, about this remix saying, I wanted to take that city on a rainy day and have that strong smell of asphalt that particular, that usually rainy days have, and I kind of want to express that in our own artist fashion. So you can check out all the lovely, lovely information about this on our site, including the remix version for Gorilla So Ame on our site as well. All right, next up, rappers and vocalists Mina and Sky High teamed up to give Holy Night a new meaning. And this is what I meant by, for holiday songs, this has been my jam. So they released a special collaboration digital single entitled Holy Moly, Holy Night, and it came out on December 4th. And I have been addicted to this song since it released. It is amazing. So... 
to my knowledge, which I did not know this, and in finding it out was pretty cool, is Chanmin and Sky High have actually been good friends for quite some time, and they've always wanted to make music together someday, so this was the perfect chance to do that. And Holy Moly, Holy Night is a fun, jazzy Christmas track that gives a whole new meaning to the classic song, Holy Night. They bring their own flair in everything, and it is just music to your ears. So it was produced by Ryosuke Dr. Sakai, who's worked on many artists that I I am very familiar with, such as Chanmina's Chocolate and Never Grow Up, and also worked with songs with Kira. And both of them, both Sky High and Chanmina, show off their powerful vocals along with their flawless rap skills in this Christmas-themed dance track. You can read a little bit about more about them working together on our site because if I go into all this, I'm going to go into it for a while because it was pretty interesting. Since they both knew each other, they got to learn more about each other while they were doing the music and it was just really interesting to find all this out about them. So the music video premiered on December 3rd and you can check that out on our site now. And it shows how much fun they had in this video. And you can tell by watching it. It is very colorful. And it makes you happy and brings that holiday cheer with you. Both of them singing, dancing. And the cool thing I liked was all the styles from different eras in the video. And just how they made it really unique and interesting. So please check it out. And we'd love to hear what you think. I love this track so much. I mean, this has made me smile. So, like, looking at this, I'm, I'm, I listened to a couple beats before we got on here, and I'm looking at the music video on, at it right now. What I find very, very interesting is that it's done on Chanmina's label for mm-hmm. Warner. So I wonder what the deal was for Avex to let go of Sky High to premiere on that. Because <laughs> it's, it's not featuring, it's and. So I'm, like, I'm pretty sure Avex... Or Warner had to pay a good chunk of money to get that, or I'm if sure. tri- or if AAA has pull, which I I believe they do with Apex. It, it it could be both, and also like with I feel like Chanmina is one of Warner's right now up and coming artists. So if she said she wanted someone on there, she could have pushed them to say pay for him, or an Avex being low on cash could be like sure, or how much are you gonna pay me. You know, I'll I kind of wonder just... who approached who. That's what I want to know is how this came about, and I wish if they would have talked about it label wise because you know. I would assume I would assume Jamina because if it was Sky High, it would have been on Avex. Yeah, that's very true. So it it was very interesting and in how you know, I'm sure Warner forked over some cash. So like just me looking at it, just like not even really paying attention of it. By looking at the music video, as soon as I saw Warner, I was like, hmm, that's that's very interesting, very very interesting there. It actually is. I was I was a little surprised. I mean, I was, but I wasn't. But with Avix doing so, you know, the rumors are flying right now. I mean, I could see, I could see Warner, you know, them saying we'll lend you to him for a good price. But yeah. Continuing on up to singer and songwriter Hidai Dai released a brand new digital single every fortnight since May. And now, this past the 14th, his final track of the year of this ambitious series is now tied Starbucks, Me and You. <laughs> I wonder where, where this is going to be shown at. <laughs> but this single is a holiday flavored 
celebration with the collaboration with Starbucks, obviously. This is the first time that Starbucks has worked directly with an artist in this way. Based on personal holiday stories conducted from Starbucks customers and baristas, Hidai Dai wrote wrote this loving tale and that sparkly reference to that red cup with the melody. What's very, very interesting is that the music video was shot on location on a Starbucks and is released in both English and Japanese. So what's very, very interesting from here on, though, is Starbucks Menu will be playing in Starbucks stores, not just in Japan, but across the world, being one of the first Japanese artists to do so, starring today as we are recording till Christmas. So make sure you unwrap this very special Starbucks holiday song with a perfect winter gift from He Die Die. I know where I'll be going. I need some Starbucks now. I don't know. Personally, I hate Starbucks. <laughs> They're green tea lattes. Well, and chai lattes. Most, I was say, their chai lattes are pretty dope. Mostly because I'm afraid that I will probably die of an allergic reaction. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, you can't go. That's bad. If it was open air, I can probably handle. But if it's like the closed off venue, like Starbucks, I don't think I'll, I'll be like sneezing a storm. And then sneezing right now is very sadly frowned upon. <laughs> and continuing on up is groundbreaking nylon metal band. Aldius continue their 10-year conquest with their international release of Evoke 2 2010 to 2020. This time with JPU Records releasing it on January 29th of next year. This special CD edition will include two pages of English linear notes and will have lyrics translation, including romanzi translations, as well as the original Japanese lyrics and photos. The album will come with nine career-defining tracks that pioneered the metal band and had some re-recordings as well with the new frontwoman, Rin whose solo career includes tracks from the anime and game phenomenon Attack on Titan, Gundam, and League of Legends. Oh, that's very interesting. <laughs> so you can check out more information about that on our site and the pre-order link from JPU Records on our site as well. Now, with that, let's continue on to a little topic I want to have here as... You know, this is going to probably be one of our last times that we'll have a full episode here because the next uh, next one will probably be a regular episode, but it's, it'll be very interesting when we get to that. But our last one is also going to be our end-of-the-year episode, and as always, that end-of-the-year episode is uh, very interesting. So I kind of wanted to talk about this before we head into that of... What was our disappointments with the industry over the past year? Granted, the ongoing pandemic probably threw a wrench into a lot of people's plans. So it was a very difficult over year year overall, and we kind of understand that. But with the music industry and how it is, what was some things that you're kind of disappointed on? Let's start with you, Gray. Yeah, so... I think my biggest disappointment, I think if you're a longtime listener of the show, it will it will not surprise you in the slightest. And I do understand that this is really something out of their hands. It's beyond their control. I'm not 
trying to like form this as a critique or anything like that. But the biggest disappointment I had was that really the separation of color creation and them going on hiatus. I, now, I know that there's a good chance that they're going to come. Well, there's a 50-50 chance it's not good. I'm hopeful. <laughs> I'm hopeful. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, when I said off air, they said they wanted to con- continue on with solo careers and that was the nail on the hammer for me (laughs) i was like ooh, that might be a little bit more difficult for them to come back they might come back with half the members if not a duo or a trio but i don't think having color creation as a whole might be a little bit it it'll depend on like how their contracts read and if they're caught up in another contract and it's very there's no telling how this is all going to shake out in the end and like I said, like I understand why they're on hiatus. I, I don't begrudge the group in any meaningful manner or whatnot. It's just reality, just, you know, that's all it is. But, you know, like I was just so high on this group as, as again, long-term listeners will know, like they were, I've always considered myself like the unofficial sixth member of the, of the group and to, for them to just after their second right after their second album you know i think they put out one more single and then they're just kind of hanging up the hats like it's just no it's right when the album came out they were like yeah after this album we're yeah done. well back in october they did drop a digital single titled friends so that was, that was their that, that was probably that will probably be their they're good yeah. that's their goodbye one because it's literally yep. called friends <laughs> yep yep it's called friends so i was like yeah this is it really just bummed me out and like i said you know there, there's a lot of things that we could talk about but for me personally this was by far like my biggest disappointment it, and again like i i don't have any hard feelings towards the groups or any of the members it's just fact of life and you just kind of move on but they, they were so early in their career. They were only two albums in. And I, I mean, they just had such vocal cohesion that there are other groups that really spend their whole career trying to get what they had. And for them to just kind of part ways after two albums, it's just it's just really heartbreaking. But, you know, you, you move on and, you know, they're, they're super talented. They'll find they'll land on their feet. I have no doubts about that, but yeah, yeah, that, that was easily my biggest disappointment. I I think I've talked about it numerous times, but what were some of y'all's disappointments? So I wouldn't, I would say it's not just a specific artist. I feel like mine was more one, partially the lack of releases in general. And I feel like usually every year there's something huge there's some very very big ones and i mean yes there were very big releases this year this is odyssey was a huge one and millet's debut album eyes was a big one for me you know and there were several others however at the same time i also feel like there's always way more and there's always way more impact and they have especially with promotion and especially with Everything that happened this year, I feel like that hindered so many people and art, so many people from releasing music. And not only that, other artists have disappeared or just lost their contracts. And I would say, like, 
one of my big disappointments is Momoon and Avix departing from each other. That's one I'm kind of, I know Momoon will can, you know, go on and they said they're still going to do music independently. However, I mean, that was a big one for me because I followed them for years. However, I, I mean, I understand, but at the same time, you know, I feel like that's a big one. And just, I usually get super hyped for releases. And I mean, by hyped, like way overhyped. And Kodokumi's one I go all out for. Hamasaki Ayumi one, this one I go all out for. And I feel like a lot of their, with their new releases, they weren't promoted as well as they usually are. And I feel like a big part of it was because of what's going on. I mean, yes, there's promotion, but not like if you could actually see them live, especially for all these artists having anniversaries this year. I feel like a lot of them had to step back and uh, I mean, yes, there was a lot of stuff done digitally and it was great that you could see it across the world. And that's something that is unseen. But at the same time, I do feel like that hindered the charts and a lot of artists from making music. No, I kind of understand that. Like the, the amount of releases, this kind of goes with mine as well. The amount of releases over the year was kind of very, very concerning to the point that when we did start getting back on that train any resemblance of normalcy we kind of latched on I'm not gonna bite on on this with you Gray but when we had NMB back that I believe that was the first like idol big idol group that we had you were like yeah this is exactly what I needed it to be because we missed that we missed that that normalcy of having a generic idol song <laughs> Because that's what it was. Even though it was generic on end, you you were like, yeah, no, I love this because it gave back that normalcy. And it was very interesting to kind of see how the 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 industry as a whole kind of t- went towards that. Yeah, no, I can totally see what you're saying, especially because, I mean, a lot of, you know, when they finally kind of got back on, like, you know, a lot of the stuff that we, we've been listening to lately, it's really back to basics in a interesting way, I guess it'd be a good way to put it. And, uh, you know, you know, for me personally, yeah, it's like, cause you know, we do this show every week and you kind of get in a habit of, of, you know, you, you like over the course of the years, like you have certain expectations that were set. And then like, you know, when we did that NMB 48 song, I was like, man, we haven't even covered a generic idol song in forever. And, and like, when I heard it, I was like, man, this is generic, man, this is forgettable, but my God, have I missed it. And I just really enjoyed like uh, the recapture of that, I guess, and be like, oh, hey, you know, it's generic. I don't even know if I'll if I'll go down and listen to it, like like as far as like adding it to my collection. But you know, it it is a it's a pretty good song, and I I think a lot of uh, and it's not just that though. I think a lot of stuff that we've covered over the course of the year has kind of fallen into that, you know. If it's not a back to basics, it's a oh hey here's an inspirational hopeful song. It's, it's like one or the the other. Although I really like my inspirational music, so I don't want to dig on that either. But yeah, so like this kind of goes on mine, and n- not to knock physical media and how it was portrayed in the industry prior, but what disappointed me is when this was whole happening, I hated the delays. I agree. I the shipping I hate delays it. and not, not being able not, to get anything. Not, not not the shipping. This is totally different on that part. But 
just the delays of having the physical releases just not even sent out. Case in point, the SKE single where Judina was going to graduate. She was going to graduate this year. She was supposed to graduate in, what, March? March or April? I think March. Uh, The announcement came in February, and yeah, it was supposed to be like March or April. It was one of those two months. And instead of just releasing it digitally, they decided to wait another year. But the thing is, as Japan was starting to open up, they were opening up since August, and they still weren't going to release it. There's also I'm not ta- targeting the idol industry. Other bands started doing that. Sekai Noawari also did that. Sky yeah, High the- postponed yeah. his from like um, it was it was supposed to be released in June and then it got pushed it got pushed back to September. Yeah, so it makes no sense for Sekai Noawari's one because it's a it's a best of album, and they release an album prior to that, and that album is not going to be part of the best of album. They had to rename their best of album. Because they couldn't include that particular album. So I'm not saying that you go you you should always do it digitally as at least, but you should think about what was going on at this time and just release it digitally. Because I, I'm kinda irritated or I was mostly disappointed on how the industry handled this as a whole. Because you had stars come up literally out of nowhere with their digital releases. And Japan is slowly but surely transitioning from the old guard from physical releases only to a digital release kind of kind of artist entertainment. You got that with Yoroshika. You got that with Eito. You got that with Yao Sobi who literally popped up out of nowhere with releases this past year that were only digital. And I'm really disappointed on how they handled this as a whole. I understand that you want to get that money, but you can make an exception and have it saying, hey, we're releasing this digitally now. When we open up, we'll have the physical release then. And if you guys get the physical, we'll include all these random stuff like photo cards and stuff like that just something really stupid that people will buy like collectible that people make want to go out of their way and get it that way it's like an extra incentive but it's yeah. still you know it'll still get people to buy it if they would have i agree with you completely i think they wasted a lot of effort in putting some of those out because there's a lot of those if they would have put out digitally i think that would have been better and like you said do the physical later when they open back up and they could even included bonus tracks and not even release the full thing digitally and just put you know maybe like had some songs just on, the lead track one or, yeah exactly and it's not like they had difficulty recording because sk akb akb 48 all the 48s was doing their OC or CU, which is the stay at home, the Ouchi 48, and they were having live streams almost every week to make up to the fact that they weren't having live concerts. So they have no excuse saying, oh, yeah, we couldn't record it at their home. You guys were doing, and I understand that they had diff, they might be like, oh, well, the mics that they'd be using were only earphone mic. You can spare the money to send them a good recording mic. You have, not not to kind of get into this with games, 
But you have, during this time, Sakurai from Super Smash Brothers was doing all their directs at his house, and they gave him all the recording information. They gave him. Nintendo gave it to them for him to record that. And it was it went off without a hitch. Now, I get it that recording a song and doing a live stream is totally two different things. But you have artists that were able to do that. So why not even try with these kind of bigger heads? And I'm really disappointed on how they handled that. I agree with you on that. Because you think about a lot of the indie singers or people who were, sm- you know, smaller groups, not like really big, well-known ones who put stuff out digitally during the pandemic they recorded stuff themselves and it still turned out great and even if let's say they did do a recording and it might not have turned out how they wanted to they still could have released it and did a remastered version later and released it physically that that's another good way to get a copy i mean that would have benefited them i mean if not all of them turned out they just go back and just redo it when they were able to go in the studio Oh yeah, no, I completely agree with what both of you guys have been saying because it it and there was like a couple of for music videos and stuff like that. Like sometimes like they would come in and record the individual separately. But I'm like, well, I I mean, if you can do that, why can't you just have them at home? Yeah, and you can have an audio engineer clean up the audio a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. After you have the the recording, if you if you're worried about quality, mm. mm-hmm. and, and then also case in point, they had that AKB song where all the 48 members, including the graduating members, joined on for the song, and that sounded amazing. Yep, yep. You sure could did. have you could have done it that way. I I it just boggles my mind. It just boggles my mind with with certain with certain things now i completely understand if we're talking about bands because i don't think if you are a an all right band making money like let's i'm I'm just pulling names out of a hat here let's just say fredericks i'm pretty sure the guy has a drum set at his house but he's not going to be playing it recording because i think his neighbors will go freaking crazy with the drumming and especially how many times you're going to be doing that. Yeah, because not all of them might have private studios where they can actually do something like that in, especially the smaller bands. I mean, but I, I agree that I feel like a lot of people missed out on opportunities that they could have had to push some more digital releases that could have promoted their artists more in general. And also when physicals were were available, they could have dropped those. I mean... Even if something's released digitally, if I like it enough or it comes to something really good, I will go out and I will buy it physically. And I think there's a lot of other people who will do that. So I, I feel like a lot of companies missed out on those opportunities and weren't seeing the bigger picture of how how can we take the worst of this situation and make good out of it. Yeah, I mean, so that that's the whole thing for me. And I, I completely understand. I am not... I have no idea what a multi-billion dollar N company is going to do. And I'm just a, a, a so-called critic of what the industry is. But, you know, they could have handled this so much better. They could have handled this a lot better and made some money. And in, even if they were af- afraid of just only 
losing the physical sales only. You could have done it at a later time, but you could have just at least teased the lead track. You mm-hmm. could have done it. You could have done it. And I think that also kind of goes why I don't know what's going to happen with the future of the idol industry too. <laughs> but that that's a whole different talk for a whole different day. Because like I said earlier, when when Judina graduates, I don't know what's going to happen with the 48 system. Yeah, there's no telling. Because she's the last notable big star. And... There, there's I mean, no replacement, really. You got you got minor people, if that. But the thing is, I don't know. Like the next big name up there is Suda Akadi, and as much as I love Suda Akadi, I don't know if she'll be able to handle the the Simbatsu every single year. So it it's gonna I. I I have a bad feeling of what, what's going to happen with the 48s. And I don't mean it out of spite every time when I joke about it. I'm legit worried about what's going to happen now. Yeah, as a as a fan, yeah, no, I can totally see that. So, I mean, it's it'll be very interesting to see what how the 48s kind of handle the absence of Judina. Case in point, has there been an AKB release besides the digital single? No, nothing I can think mm-hmm. of. But yeah, the only the only single that was there was Shitsuden Arigato. And that was before the the closure and the stay at home thing was happening. And to be kind of sad, it was Minami Minigishi's graduation song. And that was the goodbye to the first generation of AKB. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tw- it's, it's, uh, 2020 was a really rough year for the 48 system as a whole because i mean i mean they went dark for a long time and it's only been like the past month that we've like they've started to come back online like we had like that nmb 48 song uh stu 48's got something coming out soon oh yeah hkt as well and hkt but like SKE's been uh, SKE's next song is Jurina's graduation song, and that's not till February of next year. And the AKB is still quiet. Like we still don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of idols in general, not just the forty sixes and the forty eights, but just a lot of the bigger idol groups that we usually see, just now they're starting to come back. But early on, I mean, it was pretty quiet for those i mean and the only exception i'm gonna say is johnny's johnny's has actually been pretty active but i feel like a lot of other ones that more of the female ones have not what's what's very interesting with johnny's is they only have their their stuff physically and they were like to hell and high water are we going to put this digitally and release these they they released them and they sold well. I mean, we talked about every single Johnny's group that had a that had a new song. We talked about them. Yep. But yeah, it and, was, and a lot of the it. times, like they didn't even really like. There might have been like a little drop in sales, but it wasn't colossal. Like I don't think like they probably lost some money in the back end, but I don't think they lost that much money. No, overall, yeah, no. they had a pretty standard year. Really? Yeah they they had a pretty standard year overall. Like. They, they understand that, hey, if we're going to release it, we all know that you're not stupid to go stand in line. Well, well, hopefully not stand in line 50, 50 people behind each other. They're just going to order that stuff on Amazon. 
Yep. Yep. So, I mean, granted, Japan had to close like three times now after <laughs> after that, but <laughs> it, it's it's very interesting to see nonetheless. But that that's my whole disappointment of this, just because of the how the the companies handled this situation. You had people dropping. You had people breaking up. And and not only that, we had people, you know, pass away too, not due to... And, and also part of it is probably due to a lot of what's going on, being stuck at home, I feel like has a, men, you know, a mentality. It affects your uh, mental health a lot too. And just imagine a lot of those musicians who are used to going out and performing and being with others and then some who might have struggles they deal with having to be stuck at home is a very difficult thing to deal with too i mean well regardless it's it's been a good talk with this but this is a greater issue that needs to be addressed past this whole ongoing thing that's going on because not not for nothing, but Japan is still very old-fashioned. To love them or hate them on how they're handling the music industry, they're still very old-fashioned, and how they handled this the old-fashioned way ended up costing them a lot more than I think they would have if they just went with the how they're going towards right now. No, I, I agree. And, like, I do like buying things physically and holding them. However, I think digital is important because everyone is going digital now. And it's a good way to get music out there. But in, and I understand they're old fashioned. I, I like that. But you're still going to get your collectors who are going to buy the physical releases. You're going to get your hardcore fans who are going to buy those physical releases. And they're going to download it digitally. So I, I think, you know, hopefully this will, they'll start pushing in a digital direction. And I know they're still going to keep the physical releases. It will be interesting to see how they handle it as time goes on as how many artists have now went digital and started releasing them stuff digitally along with physically. So I don't know. I, I think it'll give the industry something to think about and talk about and see. It'll be interesting to see how 2021 develops with this whole with the digital physical releases. Yeah, next year is going to be pretty interesting to see how things change because i i imagine well you never know but i would hope that maybe that some of these record labels have learned that they need to alter their approach or change something and like they, there would be change that we could see but it i just that's a time will tell thing and other until we see that mentality shift it's not gonna it's not gonna really mean much but i i hope like they've learned like you know like you can go digital and not forgo the the physical and there is a correlation if it does better digitally it tends to do better physically as well so i i think overall they would it would be more prudent of them to do digital but I get the stigma. I get the the idea that well, if people can listen to it, they won't buy it. Like, I get it, but you know, sometimes you got to do things that you need to survive. 
you know. Well, also, hell, I mean, with that, I mean, you get the crazy fan out there that will download it digitally and buy it physically, a.k.a. me. Like, for all of Inaiba's stuff, I bought physically, and I have it digitally because iTunes, but that, that's oh, yeah, a different it's just, thing. But, it's just more yeah, than you need. So, yeah. I, I, I'm the same as you. And even then, I would buy it if they released it digitally first. I would buy it digitally, and then I would go when a physical copy came out and buy the buy the physical copy. And part of it was for me; I wanted to support the artist, and I liked having it as I go. And I don't always have to bring the physical CD with me because, being honest, trying to change one in a car is kind of dangerous. Yes, yes, yes. No, I, I completely understand, especially if you have a standard car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. And so, and that that's the thing, like the great digital age yes phones are probably bad because you know i mean i don't have one that's automatic i don't have bluetooth on my my car my car's older so yes i mean for me changing it that way is bad but the newer cars you can just tell it what you want to play hands-free so i think that that you know it's become a safer safer option but you're always going to get that person who buys it physically because i will say the one thing japan this amazing with their releases like that is they include goods and DVDs and Blu-rays that people want. And that that's like an incentive to get people to buy it that I can download now digitally, but I'll still buy it if it comes with a Blu-ray with like concerts or music videos. Why? Because I don't always have access to that. And I like the ease of watching it when I want, because YouTube can take something down anytime. The record yeah. label can take it down anytime. You have the yeah. physical copy, it won't go away. Yeah. It's it's interesting that y- you bring that up because, I mean, like I said, Gray, you got those crazy fans that are out there. Hell, I bought all of Ina Iba's CDs, like two copies, the standard and limited edition of every release that she's ever done, even before she, she joined Rosalia. I have it, and I have it digitally, but that's because I want everything. You got those people who are freaking completionless like me i'm like and that with kodakumi if if they can find that one person or a dozen of those kind of people losing one person off a digital or a, a physical sale i think that i think they'll be okay with that yeah <laughs> oh. no no yeah. i i completely agree and you know like color creation i have their the physical album and i have the digital version of it same with lol lightning like like you know if you like the group you're going to want to support them and you're going to want to see them stay you know in the business like like a lot of fans know that they're like they're not just gonna like oh i'm just gonna get this for free and never support them like yeah you're gonna have a couple of those sure but you you know if they're a if they have a dedicated fan base like no the fans are going to make certain that their groups are taken care of so, and I think I like what Japan has been doing as of late. This is one thing that I think they've they've been transitioning very well from the digital physical media ways is they release a song digitally weeks before around the same time as the YouTube video. And that's usually a month, if that a couple weeks before the actual physical release of the song. And it gets that sales up because you get that higher narration of hey i like this song because i've been listening to it digitally maybe i should find out the i should buy the physical version and listen to more songs that are on there it it gives that hype so to speak and i i think that's one thing they were 
doing very very well this was also before the the pandemic they were starting to do this where you, you get the the digital version of the song along with the youtube and when it comes out on physical most fans who've been listening to that digitally are most likely to probably get the physical because you're like well i've been listening to this all day let's see what other stuff oh they have a new cd coming out oh, let me go buy that kind of thing it kind of yeah. hypes that up even more that's how kenshi got me that's why i bought three sheep uh, although, you know, releasing songs off the album, you know, as digital singles before they're out, it's a good way to get people to say, I really like these songs. I'm just going to go ahead and go ahead and buy it because if I like these, I'm probably going to find other tracks I like. I, I think that's a great uh, I like that they're doing that because it also gets me interested in new artists because I'll check it out digitally and I'm like, oh, they got something new. I'll buy this. And I'm one of those who tends to blind by things sometimes and I'm trying to get better at it so I, I think it's a very very good incentive especially with since it's been a harder time that people can listen to bits of something before they just look at something and buy it based on the cover so it gets them into it gets some music in their ears it's great promotion regardless like I said we can talk about this all day and this this isn't just a 2020 thing it's just something that really needed to be addressed in 2020 and it was a good awakening for them and how they kind of handle from here on is how they're gonna either live or survive and that's truth be honest to a lot of these labels now but with that let's continue on to the oricon here and oh, it's a it's a week it's definitely a week yeah yeah i, I mean I, i'm pretty hype about a couple of songs we're going to be talking about but yeah yeah and i did it again <laughs> and let's continue on up to number 10 and it is my prayer by the rampage from exile tribe and i want to hear what you have to say gray because i know you fell in love with the song as soon as you heard it as it was already on your ngaku go so tell us why did you like this song and this single overall yeah no i th- I think this is one of Rampage's best songs and I think they just killed it. So this is their second ballad that they've ever done. And they, the reason I know that is they made a big, big, big deal about how they're dropping their very first ballad earlier this year. And I remember really looking forward to that song with much anticipation and then hating that song with much fire and passion. So I really wasn't expecting them to drop another ballad within a year just because like they've been around for a while and they made a big deal about it being their first ballot. I figured it'd be a while before they tried to tackle this again. And so they went and they did my prayer and they just blew me away. This is because the rampage is known for like their pop and lock, their dance and you know, they're capable singers, you know, on a lot of their stuff, but you know, you don't need to be the best vocalist to get to do what they, they tend to do. And this song really shows that, no, these guys can sing really damn good. Like, the vocals on this are really good. They got great harmonization, and they just sound amazing from beginning to end. And the melody to it is just done really well. It's really heartfelt. And this song just absolutely floored me. It actually is pretty close to being in my top five for the whole year. I genuinely love this song and I've been listening to it since the middle of November 
on pretty much a regular basis. And I, I love it. I think if you're not really a Rampage fan, this is something that I would recommend that you listen to because you get to see a different side of the guys this time around as opposed to their traditional stuff. And really, like you see them in a different light than what you traditionally do. And I really just fell in love with it just from that aspect alone. And I, like I said, I've been listening to this on repeat ever since I heard it. It's just been really good. The other two songs, I like the 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 second song more than the third. The third song can go away. I don't really like that one much. But the second song is okay. I, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody, but I get enjoyment out of it. But no, the first song is really good. My Prayer is just, it's really different from most things that I've heard from the group. And... I just I just can't recommend it enough. Like the vocal performances here are really, really good. Really, really good. All right. So so I agree with Gray on my prayer. I thought it was fantastic. The Rampage shows that they have the vocal skills to back up the their dancing skills. They they're amazing, and this is probably one of their best ballads I've heard to date that I can recall. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Perfect time of year for this, being winter. I am a sucker for ballads at this time of year. I just crave them and want them, and this is exactly what I need. Being honest, this is my favorite song of the week. I enjoyed it. As for Escape, I didn't care for it. I liked it better than Bad Love. Bad Love was just... Eh. And I think my issue with both Escape and Bad Love was the slight auto-tuning. There wasn't any oomph to them. And after following up my prayer, they, that was hard to follow up in general. They needed to have a bombastic song to follow up my prayer because that was just so solid and so beautiful and just showed all their skills. Then they go into Escape, which was very... Uh, I, I, I don't even know what to call it. And then I totally forgot even what Bad Love sound like besides some very not so, some weird auto-tuning issues. But that was kind of my take on it. But no, I, 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 I will listen to this one again. I won't make it in my top of the year, but it was amazing. So, you know, this is something that I, I, need, to, I need a bone to pick with you, Gray, there. And you said that my prayer is for a song that you should listen to for for people that weren't really fans uh, of Rampage. And, you know, the thing is, with that, you kind of come to the crux of, like with me, is, well, are they going to still keep continuing this, or are they going to go back to their old ways? I I do not know. Showing me a different side is one thing, but the thing is, are you going to keep consistently doing this new side, or are you going to go back to the thing that really turned me off in the beginning? And... I don't think they're going to do that because immediately what I think of the Rampage, this is not just, I'm um, just hyperbole when I see this group is this is the very flash dance group with little to no vocals. Granted, they did change my opinion on the vocals part just slightly with this song because my prayer is a fantastic track. But the thing is, it's not going to change my overall opinion of them because one good song out of seven isn't going to make me change my tune, so to speak. Well, 
one and a half songs. That the other ballad song was all right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, but, I see what you're saying. And if you do look at Escape and Bad Love, and sorry for my flub earlier, but that I, I do agree with you because like they really do kind of go back into like what they know and like they definitely established themselves as a pop and lock group. I think that's their comfort zone. And I like when they jump out of their comfort zone because I, I do think they're really talented, but at the same time, I do think like they're going to lean more into the pop and lock. So like this kind of stuff, like my prayer, I think is going to be more of a treat for fans than uh, what a normal song would sound like. That's just my two cents. Because, and also, you know, like not to knock them, they're a bigger group compared to... They're they're on the same lines of Sandame, the, the group sizing-wise, anyway. But the thing is, with Sandame, a lot of them can sing and dance, while the Rampage can mostly do the dancing part. They surprised me with the singing with their vocalist, but can the other members match that? Yeah, and I think the Rampage is a lot like the Fantastics, because the Fantastics is mostly a dance group. You wouldn't know it mostly from their music, but they only have two vocalists on that group, and it's a group of like seven or eight guys. No, so, I mean, that's that's majority of Exiles. Oh, okay, okay. It, we're, we're, the majority of LDH, because if you look back at Exile, you only get two vocalists. Same for Sandame, there's yeah. two vocalists, but everyone else just knows how to sing. Yeah, I know Rampage has at least three. So I, I, I don't know if they have more than that, but I do know they have three. So, uh, but I mean, I, I like I said, I, We'll have to wait and see, because mm. I wasn't expecting... I mean, my prayer comes shortly after Fears. Fear, like, they dropped Fears, what, back in October? So, like, two yeah. months later, they drop another single. And, I mean, a lot of the Avex umbrella, it might be due to the rumors, but they've been cranking out music. Like, they're not short for stuff well, to sell. I also think that they were originally going to drop Fears back at, like... July, if that <laughs> probably, I'm willing to bet that those are that there there was meant to be more space between those two. That's a very fair point, and that's what I mostly think. Like what was happening over there, and when they did drop it, they because like, I think pray, my prayer was going to be a holiday song, a winter as winter song. I I kind of get that feel just from the ballad because you hear that and how they approach this, but. I mean, regardless, it's it's not going to change how I feel for them all too much, but it does change my point of view of them just being only a pop and lock group that can't sing. They are a pop and lock group that can sing, but <laughs> it's not going to change my overall view of or my enjoyment of the group, so to speak, until they start showing me stuff like My Prayer. Regardless, my prayer so they lovely 23,885 points here. And going on up to number 9, it is Yoruni Kakeru by Yao Sobi. So, as of recording right now, this has been released. It's the one-year anniversary of the release of the song. Granted, it feels like it's been on here longer than a year at this point. <laughs> but In the song's it's defense, been a, this, it's been a long year. Let's be yeah. fair. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I think it only started booming up right around the time that it 
it's her latest release came out i think it was in february february of that and it's been on here almost every single time it's 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 the new pretenders <laughs> so yep i completely regardless yoda ni kakeru sode lovely twenty eight thousand eight hundred and eight points and going on up to number eight it is joka nananai machi by the alfie always good to deal with the alfie <laughs> So how do we feel about this one? Let's start with you, Luna. So I enjoyed it. However, I'm already familiar with the Alfie. They've been around for forever and a day. And this is a typical song by them. I would say it's not my favorite, but I greatly enjoyed it. And seeing an older group and since they've been in the industry, like I said, forever, I liked seeing them on the charts and... I can't remember the last time we talked about them, just because, or if we have, I feel like maybe albums, but not singles. So it felt refreshing and kind of nice to see them brought up again and be like, oh, hey, we're still around. We're still doing music. No, I think this is their second release of the year, but they did something second. about the very beginning of the year, if I remember correctly. And that's what we, we, we commented on his long hair. I remember you, you made that, that comment, Gray. Yeah, and I couldn't remember. I thought they released something, and I, I just couldn't remember if it was a singular album and when, because it's been... I, I just feel like they're a group that we don't see super often, but when they do release something, they end up on here or making it very, very close. Um, I mean, I thought I thought Joker was, you know, a, a good track. I sent it, since they're physical only, it's hard to actually find it i will say i loved there's a live performance on online on youtube the guitar my freaking goodness it distracted me because it was so cool looking <laughs> so i mean i want that axe i want it so bad that is like the most beautiful axe i've ever seen it's like the most kingdom kingdom hearts bs i ever saw in my life I it's know, a cool that, ass guitar but i think of if you're Kingdom trying Hearts to give me the hard sell on it you're succeeding <laughs> oh oh man oh just play kingdom hearts 3 and then you'll find out why i hate that now <laughs> but i mean it was an okay song i mean I, I i thought i mean i thought joker was okay it wasn't anything that made me jump out of my pants you know and i'd go buy it but i'm just glad to see the alfie in the charts and see that they're still around and doing good and still making music yeah this this was an interesting song i i liked it i didn't love it and i agree with luna i'm not gonna run out and buy this by any means but it was enjoyable and it is likable it's a little catchy and it's got a little heart to it that you don't typically see nowadays so i i did enjoy it it's a good song like i said just it's not something I normally would listen to, so I wouldn't run out and buy it, but it's nice to see these guys here when they pop up. I, I forget that they exist, and then it's like, oh yeah, the Alfie, I forgot totally about them, and then I'm reminded every periodically, so it, it's really nice to see them here, and you know, we'll see them back again, I'm certain. No, same, same, to be honest. like It was an alright song. I... I mean, Joker Nadudanai Machi is, it's all right. It is what it is. And it does the job that it needs to do and keeps them relevant, so to speak. But I'm, 
like you, Gray and Luna, I'm not going to run out and get this. It was a fun blast of memory lane to go and listen to their stuff. But for me to go out and buy it, I'm, I'm not the hardcore fan to look at it and get it. But... I know a lot of people that did and did go and get it, and that was twenty nine thousand seven hundred and thirty six copies sold of this this particular single, and that's good on them. I mean, it sold around the same. I think they sold around the same around the last time, but regardless, Joker Ned and I Machi sold pretty well for what it did. And going on up to number seven. Oh boy. It is Dry Flower by Yudi. Kind of sticking there at number 7 for a good part of a month now. So good job on Yudi there. As much as we didn't really personally like it, it, it's staying on every so often. Yeah, it's got good staying power, which is nice to see. I'm I'm glad to see him still on there because I I enjoyed it. I mean, it was a breath of fresh air for me. Mm. But... I, I'm surprised he's still on there, but I'm also very, very happy to see that. And and like I said earlier, you know, his entire discography is much more better than the representation that Dry Flower gets him, personally. I like a lot of his other songs than Dry Flower, it, but having that first taste was like, mm, that is very interesting. Let me go see what else he kind of has. But. Exactly. That's I had no idea who he was until Dry Flower popped up. So it was discovering a new artist and then hearing he has other releases that are better than this. So I feel like it, and that's why I'm glad to see him still on here. So it gives other people the chance to check him out and his other music. Regardless, this week it sold a lovely 32,398 points here and going on up to number six it is Salmon Shosetsu and Senryo Yaksha by King New. So I didn't even need to the dictionary this time I just memorized it because <laughs> I had to say Senmon Yaksha how many times last week but we said all we what we needed to say last week with this release I don't think it really changed between the three of us of how we feel about it right no no I still feel about the same I feel the same as last week, too. Yeah. Regardless, this week's Samon Shosetsu and Senryo Yaksha sold a lovely 34,400 34, points here. And going on up to number five, and it's been keeping on here for quite a while, it is Niji by Misaki Suda. So, not much we can say about here. As long as that movie's out, it's going to probably sell sell very well with the single. Agreed. But this week, Niji sold a lovely 40,787 points here. And going on up to number four, it is Dynamite by BTS, what we were just talking about. I mean, Dynamite, It's it, they're probably taking count from worldwide, so that's probably why the relevancy of this is still on here. Not to say that they aren't a good group, and it wouldn't be on there without the worldwide. Sorry, ARMY, but I'm just... Just saying that they probably have the worldwide counts in there. <laughs> so, regardless, this week it's a lovely 48,068 points here. And continuing on up, speaking of probably th- things that are also worldwide, it is Homura by Lisa. So, this stayed on uh, number three. If, if, like I said, she will probably take best 
solo female single and best solo female album with this. With Leo Nine and Homura. This kind of solidifies that, I believe. I agree as well. I, I think it does too. I mean, Signa's still on here, and seeing how well Homura did and Leo Nine, and not to mention. Garenge. Still so, hot. yeah. I, I I think she has it locked in. Yeah. If not even so, she is going to be solo female artist. <laughs> like, it's no competition. Like, she's she's had, like, if, if tw- 2019 was really, like, a year that blew up for her. And I remember last year we were kind of talking, I was like, hey, is she going to be able to continue this in the next year? And she's just been able to really, gl- especially in a year where a lot of artists are down, a lot of artists aren't performing well. And I mean, she's just coasting. She's just coasting. She's like, yeah, yeah, I got this. Don't worry about it. So, I mean, it's nice. I'm gr- I'm really happy for her because, I mean, she's been around for a long time. And this is the height of her career. Like, she's never been this popular. So I'm glad for yeah. her. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad for her too, and we we are going to have to worry about this again because her next single comes out in about a month, and is it gonna top Homura, it, or is it gonna be on there for a week and then drop off while Homura's still on it? That's the only worry that I have right yeah. now because the last time this happened with Gorenge, she released a single and it went up, it got up above Gorenge for one week. And then dropped out of existence while Gorenge continued on for eight more months. Yeah, and I mean, I I do like not not to bash the quality of the song or anything like that, but I do know the popularity of Homura is really attached to you know Demon Slayer, just like Gorenge was, and I know that show is very big and popular internationally. And because, you know, Lisa herself, which again, you know, biggest, you know, she's ever been like, I don't know if she's developed like that in kind international fan base that, that the show that she's attached to does have. So it, it it's going to get to that point that she's going to be that artist. And I, I'm, I'm really afraid to say this, where when you think of the show, you think of the artist in case when I think of. Gintama or or Haikyuu now I just think of Spire because their most famous songs are the openings for those animes yep and I'm, I'm looking at her her singles rankings as of right now Homura's number one it overtook Gorenge and Gorenge's been on here forever <laughs> Yeah, it has. And and like, I, I see what you're saying, you know, when someone's known for something like when I do think of Lisa, I think of Fate Zero Oath Sign because that's how I discovered her. And I still love that song. But a lot of the ones that really gravitated forward toward her were due to anime. Well, I mean, she is an anime singer. I'm not, oh, yeah. I, 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 that's uh, that's another thing. She's going to be an anime singer. <laughs> like yep. like with bands like with Spire, they release other songs that ain't really part of the animes. But Lisa is a anime singer. Like m- a majority of her songs are anime are related, accompanied. Yep. Just like Aimer, mean, a lot of them are too. Or yeah, now they like, are. Her like if we're going to go by her top three, she's probably known for Yaiba and and Fate Sao. Zero. 
So oh, Fate yeah, and Sal. So, yep. I almost forgot about that one. I mean, probably the first reason why a lot of people knew her across the West was because of Sal. I'm not, not digging on Fate Zero, but it's probably because of Sal, because of it how is. big big um, Sword Art was. Yeah, Sorry I, for, I, uh, for abbreviating I, it there. I still haven't watched Sword Art. That's why it didn't dawn on me. But I remember how popular it was, and it was shoved down everyone's throat. You know, so I, I easily see why that's why everyone knows her as. And not to mention, you know, now it's Yaiba is a big one. So I easily see that. So, I mean, we'll see again in about a month when the new single comes out. I'm like blanking on the name right now. But when, when that when that single comes out, will it go above Hamura and stay there and knock Hamura down a peg? Or will the flame, as it is in English, uh, engulf it indefinitely? Well, we'll see. I'm pretty sure it'll come back up again once... Once Mugen Train, which is the 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 movie's name, comes to the West, because right now it's only only in Japan. Once that that sucker comes out in the West, oh, that song's gonna go back up in popularity again. Oh, it yeah. totally will. My goodness, I I mean, right now the show's really hot, and just wait till the movie comes here. Everyone's waiting. Yeah. Yep. 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 Well, regardless, Homura sold a lovely 63,561 points here. And going on um, to number two, it is Step and a Step by Need You. So this is the third consecutive week it's been on here. It was like fourth last or two weeks ago, number one last week, and now it's at number two because of this, the physical release of it. I don't think it changed from our first talk about this. And honestly, I don't want to get into this debate again. <laughs> it is what it is. And I'm going to have to accept what Niju is is right now. But I do accept that the thing that they're trying to do, they're doing it the best out of all the groups. And I still believe that. Even though Step and A Step isn't for me, it's still a whole lot more better than the groups of songs that we've we've heard from the same market that other groups are trying to tackle with this with with is one and and all the other ones from the boy the boy side as well but regardless step and a step so they lovely 99,021 points here going on up to number one it is nobody's fault now that's the song's name, not not my fault personally, but it is nobody's fault by Sakura Zaka forty six. And oh boy, this was a uh, something to kind of finally get across the finish line here. So, if you guys don't remember, this is Sakura Zaka forty six. You might be saying to yourself, you haven't listened to one of our shows. Prior to this, wait, there's a new 46 group? No, this is the rebranding of Kiyaki Zaka 46. Rest in peace there. And how did we think about this re-debut? Because getting to the point from the beginning of the year to now the end of the year seems like a lifetime ago of 
what's been going on behind the scenes with this. So how do we feel about the end product? Let's start with you, Gray. Yeah, so I wound up really liking this. It's really interesting that they would come out with this song. There's like there's still like that Keikizaka 46 identity about the song. It's different than what your usual idol stuff sounds like. It's a little bit more dance focused, but if you do watch the music video, they've toned down the dancing. It's not nearly the 11 it was when it was Keikizaka 46. I guess they're like, well, we lost one person because we just overworked them. Let's not do that again. So we, po- we broke the <laughs> poor girl's back. Yes, yes. We uh, don't want to do that again. I, I was trying to be a little sensitive, but yes, yes. You don't want to. You don't want to go down the same road that you went with Yurina. Uh, so the, they've toned down the dancing a little bit. I mean, I still like the choreography. The music video is pretty solid overall, but I, I liked it. it it's a, in a weird way, and I hate to say this, it's kind of back to basics for them in a weird way, but. It's a, it's a pretty unique song altogether. It's catchy. I I hit the plus sign on the whole thing because I'm just a sucker for Keikizaka 46. And to get them back as Sakurazaka 46, there there's something missing there, definitely. And I think it's going to take time for them to figure that out. I don't know how that's going to turn out. They may, like, they may just keep down this road forever, which would really stink. I don't want them to be a second rate Keikizaka 46. And this song ultimately turns them into that, but I think there's room for them to go to where they can blossom out of that umbrella, but we'll just have to wait and see how things shake out. I still wound up really liking it and I, I enjoyed it. I'll be listening to this for the rest of the week, but uh, I could see that, like, there's, it's, it's a step down, and there's room for improvement, totally. So, it was, so nobody's fault was okay. I mean, I thought it was a decent rebranding. You know, it was a little catchy, and it did sound different than when they, you know, a little different, and it did. I liked it better than most of the idol songs by the forty six and forty eights that I've heard recently. And lately, I have given everyone thumbs down. This one I actually thought was not horrible. I did not hit the plus sign. And I guess maybe, I don't know if it was my low expectations going in. Or if they just did a, a decent job. Um, I'm just trying to think of how to describe it. I, I feel like it was a little more vocal heavy than some of the other stuff. And But honestly, I... I liked the, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this because they had several different editions of this single of Nobody's Fault. And I thought some of the other, the the songs that was not the lead song were better, such as not. uh... So the special edition was on digital, on digital releases only. So we were able to listen to the special edition and the special edition includes all the b-side tracks yes all in one yes so pretty much i mean it's an interesting scenario how they did it and one of the tracks i did like is on type a if you buy the physical one of the physical releases and it's also on the special edition which is on apple music so naze koyo shite 
So I enjoyed, I actually thought that was better than nobody's fault. I don't know if it was the melody, the vocals. I actually thought Nase Koyo Shita Konakatandoro was way better. I, I almost hit the plus sign on it. I came extremely close to that. It didn't. But being honest, that was solid. And the following one, which is also in Type A and on the special edition, Hanshin Hangi, I thought was fantastic as well. So I thought I enjoyed those way more than Nobody's Fault, which surprised me because going into it, I thought if I don't if I don't care for Nobody's Fault, they're all going to so- sound along those lines, and they didn't. And I did like what they did in that aspect is there were there was a good variety, especially if you got the special edition. And I felt like each track sounded a little bit different and there was something for everyone. Kind of like they're still trying to find themselves and what sound they're going to go with. And I did like that aspect of it. So if you take this as a whole, I think it was actually a decent re-debut. But it's not like solid, oh my god, I'm sold for me. I would like to see what they do next. So right now I'm going to give them a pass. I'm watching you to see what you're going to do. But I I'm not sold yet. So, I mean, with me, with Sakura Zaka 46, how we got here, it's, it's, it's been a long and strenuous trip. I don't know what they would have done, even if we weren't in the situation where we are now with the pandemic. I think the same result would have still happened. I think they would have canceled the single for Kiyaki Zaka, their their unnamed single that would have came out a month, like a month and a half later after Yurina left. And I think we would have got the same product or the same results where near the end of the year, Sakura Zaka 46 would have came out. And here we are now with nobody's fault. But it's a very interesting thing, and I would love just to be the fly on that wall to hear how they were going to strategize and sell this single. I would love to be the fly on that wall for this thing. But it is a good reintroduction. I am not going to judge it harshly as of right now. You had the second and third single for that, for me, for nobody, nobody's fault. <sighs> It is very interesting, though. You do have a lot of the the other B side tracks for these for these releases, especially with this special edition. The special edition, because of how it is, it includes all the B side tracks. And Blue Moon's Kiss was pretty good. I did like Prasugurgek. You got Hanshin Hagi, like how you were talking about Luna. How that was fairly decent overall. But as of right now, I'm going to put a pin on how I'm going to judge them because this was a great reintroduction. And this is what they needed. Because literally, the stink of what happened with Yurina is going to follow that group to the grave. (laughs) And it did. And that's why they had to rebrand. So we'll see how this is going to progress I'm very surprised that they did change the name because well, then what was the deal with HKT48? <laughs> so, I mean, regardless, nobody's fault. So the lovely 425,768 points here. And let's take a sneak peek at the albums before we kind of 
call out here. Oh, you got Stray Street at number 10. So this will be possibly the last week we'll see Stray Sheep on here. You guys want to take bets on that? No, I've lost th- every bet I've ever taken you up on. So I'm I think it's going to stay on there because you think it's the end of the year. And I think it's going to hang on for another week or two. And also could shoot back up. I know Kenshi's not in a Kohaku. However... Well, because he hates it, so... <laughs> yeah, exactly. But because he's been one of the biggest selling artists this year, I can see it hanging on to the rest of the year, to be honest. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Then you got Straight Street, but at number 10, you got the Utano Prince Sama Shining Live Drama CD by the Utano Prince. Now, it's really funny because... I, so I introduced our, our editor to the Utano Prince Sama series and that was a mistake on my part huge fan she can't stop talking (laughs) and shows me pictures that i don't think i want i i want bleach now to burn my eyes of things that she draws with these people thinking maybe i should check this out now I, i need I have not watched I, it, but I've been tempted. I need knives. I need bleach. I need a lot of things to wash out all the things that I've seen that our editor has shown us. <laughs> Thankful that the person that she likes isn't on this one. And now I told her, now she keeps asking me the next time I go to buy the physical versions of these because they're only physical only because she wants them the gosh darn like you know it's like it's like me and bang dream she wants the random sticker that you get when you buy the cds it's it's getting really bad you guys (laughs) so and i'm like you know you're not like this before and now what changed and there's this one guy she she really likes guys with long hair and she was talking to me about i'm like yeah okay whatever it's not like she listens to this. I can kind of rag on her as much as I want right now. <laughs> but regardless, Utano Prince almost shine in live drama. So they lovely 14,515 points here or copies. Going on to number eight is the, 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 the B Deluxe by BTS. You got one Rila Act 4 by Is One. Speaking of Is One, this is probably their fourth mini album, Korean mini album. So. You got Shonen Tai, Shonen Tai, 35th anniversary best. I did not know that Shonen Tai has been in the game that long, but oh, that's very interesting. You got uh, this is actually bumping up to number four. I'll bet the 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 numbers aren't really there. You got Renaissance second album by NCT. I believe that's another Husbando game there. At number three, you got soundtracks once again by Mr. Children. At number two, and you got Akida by Fukuyama Masaharu at number one. He sold really well, too. 136000 for an album. That's not too shabby, actually. But regardless, I want to say thank you so very much for listening to this week's episode of Ongakadu. You can find all our lovely, lovely things on all the social media stuff at Ongakadu on Twitter and Instagram. You can find the site at ongakadu.com. 
You can also find our affiliates, Koryu Hunter, who was originally doing a Western Silent Hill countdown. He actually had some internet troubles, and now he's going to continue on that for next week. You can check him out at twitch.tv slash Koryu Hunter, K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also follow our other affiliate, Timbertaf, who is a variety streamer and is just going through Zelda because that's the only non-committal thing he wants to do right now. And you can check him out at twitch.tv slash Timbertaf, T-I-M-B-E-R-T-A-F-T. You can also follow your sister, Luna Rose, who is doing a lot of the variety games as well. And you can check her out at twitch.tv slash RainStarKitty, R-A-I-N-S-T-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. And you can follow Fangirl Has No Name, who is a variety streamer and does very well with the Zelda community. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash Fangirl Has No Name, F-A-N-G-I-R-L-S-A-H-A-S-N-O-N-A-M-E. You can also follow the podcast that me, Kyo, Timber, and Fangirl does called Podasaurus. Next week's episode will be, or the following week's episode, will be very interesting because it will be our best and worst games of 2020. Hint, hint, mine is probably Yakuza 7. And the worst is probably Persona 5 Royal. There's one specific reason for that. Or maybe Cyberpunk. I, I really does not like my time with Cyberpunk. But if you want to hear my definitive list of what the best and worst game for 2020 for me, you can check it out on all podcast streaming services just look up Cody Hunter same as his Twitch channel but yeah you can find me on Twitter at OTYKen1 where I talk about Bang Dream Ina Iba Bang Dream D4DJ Bang Dream Raveview Starlight and more Bang Dream where can we find you Gray? You can find me on Twitter at OngakuGray where I tweet about what I'm listening to what I'm watching I just finished watching the Promised Neverland, uh, taking just a very quick break from Common Rider. Well, it's not a break anymore because I went back and started watching X Aid last night. But I was on a, a brief break from Common Rider, so I'm back on it. So if you like Common Rider or Super Sentai, follow me there. Good choice in Promised Neverland, by the way. That show was. Fantastic. I-, I watched it in one night. I-, I didn't. I just. I could not stop watching it. I was like, okay. Like, just keep going. Just keep it's going. It's good. It's depressing, but I it's think good. it's hopeful. It's dark, but I think it's I think it's hopeful. There's a light. Yeah. It is. I'm excited for it season It starts two. in a couple of weeks. I, I'm eager. And what about you, Luna? You can find me on several social medias, such as the Twitter, my anime list, Anime Planet, and Letterboxd at LunaMaria87, where you can see what I'm watching, what I'm listening to, yada yada, and Instagram as NerdyCollectorLuna, where I post pictures of my cat and my collection, and I need to get back on that because I got a lot of new goodies in. But yeah, with that, I want to say once again, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Ungakadu. I'm your host, Ken, saying thank you very much, and have a great day. Aloha. This is Luna saying I hope everyone has a great rest of your week and a happy holiday if we if you do not hear from us since then. We will see you next time. Jamate. Have happy holidays everybody and we'll be right back here next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>